Thank you, Leah. Joshua. Julia is at the back for those of you with children who would like to send them back for their Bible bags. And the rest of us, let's go to Genesis chapter 25, verse 19 to 34 this morning. We're going to spend most of the summer uh, in Genesis and Exodus as the lectionary allows us to, to look at these formative beginnings uh, of the faith and the, the ways that people interact. Today we are going to begin kind of a, a lengthy journey we'll spend for several weeks studying the life of Jacob. And we come to one of the, the most important moments in uh, Jacob's life as well as Esau's life uh, where Jacob served to Esau this special dish for which Esau sold his birthright. And in my studies I came across a, a scholar who made a statement that has captured my mind, and I've been thinking about it all week. And so, as we study it, I want to build our study around it. He said that that uh, stew must have been irresistible, and so it became an irresistible temptation for Esau. Now, that phrase immediately caused me to, to stop and think it's a misnomer. That temptation kind of by definition means that you should be able to resist it. It doesn't mean that it is irresistible. And yet, if we're honest, each of us know exactly what he's talking about. We've all experienced it. A temptation that we could not resist often comes upon us, and we are willing at that moment to sell our reputation, our dignity, our self-respect, our marriage, our health, our career, our soul, our birthright. Last week we talked about addiction. It's a destruction that has already captured us. It's captured, captivated our souls, made us a slave as we read the text. This week we talk about something that's similar, but it's, it's very different. A temptation is something that's new. It's, it's alluring. It hasn't yet captured us. It's exciting. It's something that feels irresistible in the moment, either psychologically or relationally or spiritually. And we deny the price that is going to be paid if we take that momentary pleasure. You see, it's interesting that the lentil stew that Jacob fixed is most probably made of Egyptian beans that was considered such a delicacy in that day that it would be something that you could only get at the Biltmore or the Bacara. <laughs> now you are famished coming home from this hunt. You have no game to cook. And yet there is this special stew. And it's inviting you to sell everything you have, everything you are, and everything you will be in order to have its momentary pleasure. Now, as we'll see, there are many things at work in an irresistible temptation. But the two primary are first, that we have at some level despised our birthright. Perhaps unconsciously, perhaps naively, perhaps deliberately, we have despised that we, we are selling in that moment for this irresistible pleasure. And second, uh, the second ingredient in these is that 
This momentary pleasure is often under the control of someone who despises us. It could be a brother, a sister, some person, or some demon. Whoever it is, they despise us. And they care little for the price that we're about to pay if we succumb to their temptation. So we want to go into this well-known moment, this historic moment, in which the story of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau became the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as Esau sold his right of birth as the oldest son. So Genesis chapter 25, we're going to start at verse 19 and we'll go through the, 25th, the 34th verse. Jacob and Esau. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel the Aramean, Aramean from Padam Aram, and that's a plain in present-day Syria, and sister of Laban the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first came out, was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Harry, Esau. After that, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, and so they named him Supplanter, Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew, I'm famished. That is why he's also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright, his right of the firstborn. Now keep that open before you and let's pray. Father, each of us live in a world where pleasures promise us far more than they deliver. And we often lose our sense of self and our own integrity. We lose the things that actually matter to us and for which we would not sell if we were in our right mind. And so be with us as we talk, as we think, as we study. Speak to us each uniquely. You know what we do in private and in secret. You know the temptations that are upon all of us. You know that the 
the common ones that we're most ashamed of are most common to all of us. And so speak to us now and give us the freedom and the strength to live lives that are not destructive to ourselves or to those close to us. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Now we're going to spend some time more this summer, as I said, looking at Genesis and Exodus. Although next week we're going to do an intervention from the New Testament that's needed. But these stories of Genesis describe people like you and like me. As I mentioned last week, one of the great uh, gifts that the scriptures are to us is that they don't whitewash the people that they hold up as examples of the faith. They tell us all the good and the bad, the difficulties, the struggles, the sins and the forgiveness, and they are at work within, God is at work within them, just as God is at work within us. So the scriptures are extremely helpful as a real guide for real life. They deal with all these parental favoritisms, as we see in this story, the sibling rivalry. They deal, of course, with irresistible temptation. And they let us know what it feels like when we despise our own birth, our own birthright, and we despise the things that, and we are also despised by others and their eyes. So we can see ourselves in these stories and we can learn from them rather than having to learn the lessons of life firsthand in this kind of beating our head against the wall and then realizing that hurt. We can now see what it is that we need to do. So this morning we want to look at this irresistible temptation. Now it's often presented to us, as it is to Esau, as a momentary physical pleasure. A moment in which, if we could just have that pleasure... It seems to us it would be worth more than everything else in our lives. And we're willing to sell everything else. We're willing to sacrifice ourselves, our future, our loved ones, our relationships, just to get that momentary pleasure. And yet in one of the most underrated and yet factual statements of this entire story, we read these words. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread, and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then got up and left. Now you'll notice that it does not say, when the first bean touched Esau's tongue, he experienced an ecstasy beyond his wildest imaginations, <laughs> and he finally found what he was looking for, and his life was forever changed for the good. Now he ate and he drank and he got up and left. Like all physical pleasures, they come to an end. It's over. Now you have to pay the piper. The price has to be paid. For Esau, it was his place in the family, in history, within his own identity, eventually within his own soul. For us, it will be whatever we sold in order to have that moment. The moment that is now over. And we got up. And we left. Now what's interesting about this temptation is that there's nothing wrong with eating lentil stew. Like many things in life, the pleasures that we experience are God-given pleasures. 
God means for us to enjoy lentil stew. But like almost everything, the context in which we have these pleasures defines the price that we're going to pay. There are some things, of course, that are listed in the commandments of God that are wrong for all people at all times and in all places. Adultery, murder, thievery, lying, coveting, dishonoring parents. There is never a situation in which these behaviors are acceptable, however much we might be tempted to do them at that time. But what we see here in this great example is something a little different. Esau is set up. He's set up by his own despising his own birthright. And he's also set up by Jacob. Now we're told in the story that Jacob and Esau jostled in the womb. The, the word there literally in the Hebrew means they crushed each other in that womb together. And it is so much that Rebecca even cries out to God, what, what is happening within me? And we see that Jacob despised his brother's place as he tried to grasp his heel and pull him back before he ever had any conscious choice that he was making such a move. Even at birth, he's a transplanter. Now, some of the artwork acts as though his mother was behind all of this, that she helped Jacob set up his brother. And you can see her hand giving the same gesture as she guides him in his negotiation. But that is not true to the story. She does do that later when they conspire together to deceive Isaac and get the blessing for Jacob. But in this moment, she's not involved. It's all Jacob. Now, perhaps it just fell that way. He was fixing his, pray, his favorite stew and the incident just kind of came upon him. He wasn't planning on manipulating his brother. But whether it was purposeful or whether it was not, in that moment it was Jacob's irresistible temptation to get Esau's birthright for himself. Now the price that Jacob paid we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. But Esau, the warrior, the firstborn, the Hebrew there means a man's man. He is only remembered now as a footnote to the story of God. A could have been. I often wonder if that's not what we do when we sell our future for momentary pleasure. Something which in itself like eating a bowl of soup, has little significance, yet our doing it in that context and in that way changes everything. Now, I don't know what is irresistible to you. I know what is irresistible to me. And I don't know what prices you have paid. I know the ones that I've paid. And I do not want to do them again. And so I take us back to the final comment that the narrator makes at the end of the story. He says that Esau despised his birthright. The Hebrew word that is used there is bazaar, a primitive word. There's, it doesn't come from any other word. And it can mean something as simple as being careless. 
Or it can move down a, a continuum to contempt or despicable or disdaining. But most often, the vast majority of time in scripture, it is translated despised. Now obviously you can see that we can have a whole range of feelings that can cause us to lose what is precious to us. To become careless about our marriage. Careless about our family. Careless about our community or our career. Our integrity. Or we can move on down to a more dangerous and destructive kind of attitude towards our marriage, our family, our community, our career. Where we have a disdain for it, where we despise it. When in fact these are of infinite worth. Far more than the momentary pleasure we're selling it for. So in this time of prayer, consider what is it that you may have become careless about? Something that is of infinite worth, yet you're not giving it the time and the energy and the commitment that is required to keep it from irresistible temptation. Or consider perhaps what you are despising and what that is doing to your soul and how it is setting you up for moments where you could make a choice that would forever harm you. Let's spend time with God in prayer.